0: Uh, this is the four ers podcast brought to you by the odyssey sports podcast network with 95, seven, the game, Mark Randy. You can follow him on social at Mark Randy, Mark with a C Randy with an I I'm on social at e 10 at four one on all social media platforms. So Mark, speaking of which, obviously 49ers are moving on. Kyle Shanahan is now six and two in his three trips to the postseason, two wins in each of his first three trips to the playoffs. Uh, Funny note I saw as he passes Jim Harbaugh for postseason victories (laughs) as the 49ers head coach. Uh. Um, But they're back in the conference title game. And I did tell you to book it, to lock it up. They're making the conference championship. So it is going to be at noon next Sunday in Philadelphia. What are your first thoughts? First, from hearing that the Niners are in their third conference title game in the last four years, but also the fact that they got to go to where the one seed plays in the city of brotherly love.
1: Um, I think before I get to, to this matchup, Evan, I need to give Kyle Shanahan some credit. I, I know we just got done talking a little bit ago about how I wish he was a little more, I don't know, aggressive late mm-hmm. in the first half. Uh, I was a little upset with some of the play calling. All, all that aside, can we take a moment to just think about how the narrative around Kyle Shanahan has changed? Do you remember a year ago, Evan, more than a year ago, let's say 13 months in December when it was still up in the year if the Niners would make the playoffs towards the end of last regular season, Kyle Shanahan was in danger of only making the playoffs one time in his first five years at the helm of the 49ers. And there was legitimate talk about how the Niners would think about firing him if he failed to make the playoffs last year. That was... Legitimate conversation across the board, nationally. That was part of the conversation. What do the Niners do if they miss the playoffs again? Kyle Shanahan, one playoff appearance in five seasons. What happens now? Of course, as everyone knows, the story. They made the postseason. A miraculous Week 18 win on the road against the Rams. They beat the Cowboys on the road. They beat the Packers on the road. They barely lose to the Rams in the NFC title game. They fall just short of the Super Bowl. But a fantastic season for the 49ers. Now you fast forward another year later, the Niners are back in the NFC title game. And when Shanahan was in danger of one postseason appearance in five years, suddenly he has three NFC championship game appearances in his last four seasons. The narrative has shifted around Kyle Shanahan. Not only should he be here for as long as he wants to be here, Evan, he is the best coach in the NFL and has the success to prove it he has been incredible for the 49ers and the fact that there was ever any conversation about him potentially being on a hot seat him potentially being fired is absurd the The heights that he has brought this franchise to in his six years no one else would be able to have the same success at the helm of the 49ers he has been incredible and he's finally getting the consistent results to prove it
0: wow feel like should be a mic drop right there Mark that was I was about as animated as we've seen you all year (laughs)
1: No, I I think he deserves it. I mean, three NFC, and I know, you know, Andy Reid and the Chiefs have been to five straight NFC championship games. Okay, give Kyle Shanahan Patrick Mahomes and see what the hell happens. The same exact thing would happen. No other coach in the NFL, Evan, is going to three NFC title games in a four-year span with Jimmy freaking Garoppolo and Brock Purdy as their (laughs) quarterbacks. Put some respect on Kyle Shanahan's name.
0: No, oh, I, I I do respect the man. In fact, I have grown to appreciate him over the course of this season more so than I have in any of his years because of the adversity that he's overcome. Uh, I will say that with a top five defense and this year number one, and which has been outside of injuries, top five the entirety of the time that he has been in San Francisco, I don't think it's crazy to think that there are maybe not a ridiculous amount, but... Perhaps a few head coaches that could have gotten to a title game, and I'm sure there might be some fans out there that would tell you that there are a few other head coaches that might have won one of those title games or perhaps a Super Bowl. I don't want to make this about setting Kyle Shanahan back because, again, I think he's been fantastic. <laughs> he finally moved his regular season record above 500 this year. We'll have a chance to relitigate his uh, the, the Six narrative and two in or the his playoffs. Oh my he is. god, no, no, that's that's something that you do not want to scoff at. I mean, look at Mike McCarthy, he's 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs, has Did not been able to beat Green them.
1: Green Bay and, and do 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 with Green with
0: Bay Cowboys I'll do with the Cowboys. So no, head coaching is vastly important. Kyle Shanahan has shown that he is at the top of his game and at the top of most people's lists. But uh, best coach in the NFL, head coach in the NFL. I don't know if I can go that far. I'm I'm sorry. I, f- I feel like it's, it's like we're having a conversation about movies and you know, you, we just saw a really, really good movie. And then you walk in and you're like, Oh, that's better than the Godfather. And I'm like, uh, well, I, I don't know what you want me to do. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Maybe it's top five, but it's not top one. Uh, but that is something that, that we can certainly pay attention to.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I mean, there's, uh, Evan's doing, you know, a podcast in the Levi's Stadium press box. He's got to make way for yeah. a respected no, I, I, media I feel member bad.
0: No, I feel bad. I'm, I'm getting in people's way here, and there's a lot of action going around. People finally getting back from the press conferences, and uh, everyone's trying to do real work as opposed to me, who's just sitting here taking up space, screaming at, Kyle Shanahan so (laughs) sorry about that brief pause but no Mark I I look I I see where you're coming from and I do think this is a conversation we can have ad nauseum over the course of this summer Uh, but I do want to give him credit he is six and two in the playoffs he's in his third conference title game in four years that is nothing to scoff at and I really hope that he's able to get over the hump this year because that would take him to newer heights uh, that very few head coaches have been in in his situation Uh, but as far as the Eagles are concerned they present a challenge and I think we saw some of the areas that Sam Francisco is going to need to shore up today against Dallas. If they want to beat Philadelphia, who basically cakewalk to the conference title game by shellacking New York in fashion that I'm not going to say I told you so, but uh, I kind of saw that one coming. The Eagles mark are right now. I would say the best team in the NFC. That does not mean that the 49ers cannot beat them in a single game winner take all elimination, but what do you want to see from this week to next week, if San Francisco has a chance to go on the road and steal it,
1: uh, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball a little bit better. Um, I, I we talk a lot about the the Eagles' defense and their defensive line is really good. Again, I mean they they're breaking records with the number of sacks that they're getting. Um, You look at some of the numbers, if I can just pull up the the stat here really quick. I know I do have it saved somewhere. Here it is. Most sacks in a single season in NFL history, including in the postseason. The Eagles, the third most all time. The 84 Bears, the 85 Bears, number one and number two. Uh, The Eagles right there behind them with 75 total sacks. They passed the 1967 Raiders yesterday, uh, recording this here Sunday night. They passed them on Saturday with that win over the uh, the New York Giants. So that's still a, a really, really good defensive line. The Niners are going to have to protect Brock Purdy better. They're going to have to give him more time, and they're going to have to be able to throw the ball a bit better if they want a chance to win this game. And we'll dive into all the specifics later on throughout the week. Uh, but if they're going to pass the ball better, that likely means they're going to have to run the ball better, specifically in the first half. You're going to need to see more from Christian McCaffrey, uh, in the first half, more explosive plays, chunk plays, six, seven yards on the ground, uh, because you're not going to be able to to limit the uh, Eagles, Evan, to just 12 points. They will put up more than 12 points. If if Jalen Hurts is walking around on one leg, they'll still probably put up at least 18 points. They are that good offensively. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys have CD Lamb. The the Eagles have two receivers who are as good, if not better, than CD Lamb. N.A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith. They are difficult to handle. They have a uh, three-headed monster at running back. You can also include Jalen Hurts in that. Dallas Goddard is one of the best pass-catching tight ends in the league. The Niners are going to have to score more. They're going to have to be more efficient offensively, both in the pass game and the run game. I think that's the the one thing that stands out to me. Um, Otherwise, I think the results from this weekend, Evan, just continue to reinforce how disgustingly overrated the Minnesota Vikings were because the fact
0: that, that was your takeaway the,
1: the fact that the Giants go into Minneapolis uh, and beat the Vikings at their mm-hmm. own game and then they follow it up and lose by 31 points to the Boy. Eagles the Vikings just disgust me Jesus
0: well uh, then what do you think of the Buffalo Bills
1: oh man Joe I mean, I know Burrow, at least they lost
0: lost to a quality opponent, but Joe
1: Burrow is special. He's just I mean, they're pretty unfazed. much crowned
0: as the next three Super Bowl winners, the Buffalo Bills,
1: this offseason. I mean, I'm at a point where I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow ever loses in the postseason. He's just as cool as any quarterback as I've ever seen in the playoffs. And he's in his third year. It's absolutely ridiculous.
0: Now, Zach Taylor's five and one of the postseason mark. He's the best head coach in the NFL. <laughs> Go to happy
1: price, price line
0: no, uh, what 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 I do want to see corrected from this game, And yeah, we we kind of talked about the issues, but it, it comes down to running the football. I know that they tried to force feed Christian McCaffrey early in that game. I think six of the first nine plays went to him through the run and the air. Um, but Dallas, to their credit, said, we're not going to let twenty three beat us today. And it took, You know, down the stretch, a great effort from Brock Brock Purdy, a bit of a reset from the offense. And to me, it took a Herculean effort from George Kittle, who was a guy that I love watching play football because he has so much fun. In the heat of battle, maybe more so than I see any player at least express that, you know, when they're making plays down the field on the sideline blocking. Uh, George Kittle is just he's magnetic to watch and, and he always seems to draw my eye both when I'm watching him in person as well as on television. Mark, we're talking about the the first down plays for the 49ers. Like I said, three and a half yards on first down in that first half. George Kittle. All five of his catches were on first down, and four of which were explosive. Those were drives that the 49ers didn't always and completely turn into points, but three out of the four, I believe, led to either field goals or the one touchdown. And George Kittle, to me, is is that guy that when, if... Christian McCaffrey has being focused upon. Debo Samuel perhaps is not able to get open. Brandon Ayuk was, was blanketed very well by Dallas today who got a lot of pressure with four. George Kittle can be that guy for Brock Purdy who he seems to just gravitate towards whenever he's in trouble and for him to you know have the highlight play but you know off the fingertips off the fingertips juggling and you know dropping the dime in the middle of the the 50 yarder that really excited and energized the crowd um but to me George Kittle was was fantastic today and he, and he was the go-to option quite literally When in the second half, I think three of his catches came for about 60 yards in the second half. When he was getting loose down the middle of the field, Dallas had no answer to cover him. And because they spent so much energy focusing on whether it be CMC or Elijah Mitchell or stopping that running game, um, Brock Purdy was allowed some openings, I thought, to get the ball to Kittle. And he was a big part of the offense and maybe the most impressive part of the aerial attack that Brock Purdy got into a rhythm with in the second half.
1: Yeah, and Kittle's such a smart player. That highlight play that you're talking about—it was kind of a, a broken play to begin with. The one where he bobbled it. Everyone was selling out to the right side. to set up—I think it was a screen or or a quick little hitch out to the right to Christian McCaffrey. I, I think it was McCaffrey. It might have been Debo Samuel in the background. It was one of those one of those two that were rolling out to the right offensive line, George Kittle other receivers were setting up to block downfield on that right side of the field, but it was blown up by the Cowboys and George Kittle kind of sensing space just turned and ran upfield and he was open and and Brock Purdy found him. So not only is he, you know, physically able and and he can go up and make catches and he's quick enough and he has A rapport with Brock Purdy. He's also this smart and cerebral football player where he can read the field in front of him and he can find those openings on plays maybe that are relatively unscripted. He can find the soft spot in zone defenses and he can get in the right spot. And and we're getting to a point now, Evan, where Brock Purdy and George Kittle have that connection. It's been on display for a number of weeks now. So uh, if the Niners are to go into Philadelphia next week, uh, on Sunday, the 29th at noon Pacific time, three o'clock out in Philadelphia. And if they are able to go in and, and pull off what Vegas thinks would be a slight upset, George Kittle is going to have to have a big game because we talked about the run game. We talked about the pass game. This offense does not go without George Kittle having a good game, whether he's blocking or or catching balls from Brock Purdy. He's got to be a factor. He was a factor in this one for the Niners over the Cowboys uh, they do not win if he's not as good as he was in a game where the, the passing game, the passing game really struggled. Evan, he had 95 yards. Uh, he was the, the team's best weapon through the air. Not even close. He had chunk play after chunk play, especially in the second half. In a game where they could barely get anything going in the passing game, so so Kittle was huge. And if the Niners are to get back to the Super Bowl, he's going to need to be huge again against Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I know we got a couple minutes left, Mark, and and that advantage that you're talking about i saw uh according to Caesar sportsbook line set at two points in favor of philly so minus two uh in favor of philadelphia at home so says on a neutral site basically 49ers might be favored in that game so we'll we'll see who hammers what and uh i know mark we were both on the minus four despite having more points on the board but uh check that off hey i I got
1: the minus three and a half i jumped on that early and, well, I mean, and we both, and I, we both won, but
0: I, I don't know if we mentioned this on the preview pod, but of course the stat that I've been uh, floating around was the fact that the Niners have now covered against the spread in their last six divisional round football games for all of you uh, degenerates out there. I think that's going back to 2011 or oh, something, 11 like or 2012. Yeah. Either Harbaugh way, era for sure. Yeah, I, I have
1: seen uh, it opened at two. I have seen uh, across a couple books. It's down to two and a half. Uh, okay. If oh, it gets it's already to three, starting to move. If it it's gets to three, Evan, to <laughs> I think I might jump on it there. I'm going to let it play out for a little bit. We'll see what, where the money Philly? comes in. You'll,
0: you'll take Philadelphia?
1: No. If it gets to Niners oh, plus okay. three, I'll mm. I'll take the Niners and the points. I think that's the getting up to three, getting to three and a half. Those are big half of points because you're you're field goal proof at that point. So we'll yeah, see how it how they it plays have not out. Been
0: dogs often this season. That's no, for sure. Uh, we'll have more. To dig into on Wednesday's episode and, of course, the preview episode coming on Friday. Download, rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Mark, game balls. Who you got?
1: I just got done talking about him. I think I got to give it to George Kittle. Uh, The Mm. big uh, bobbling catch down the middle of the field late in the third quarter that ultimately set up the Niners' only touchdown drive of the game, Evan. Uh, McCaffrey plunged in from a couple of yards out. Uh, That was a gigantic turning point in this game. Uh, He was good. Again, five catches, 95 yards in a game where the offense did not have much going through the air. He was there when Brock Purdy needed him. I think he gets my game ball. I'd be hard-pressed to find another game ball-worthy performance on offense, Evan. I think George Kittle is probably the guy to go to on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on offense, although... Well, no, he's he's not an offense. He's responsible for points. I do want to give a shout out to Robbie Gold, who knocked home four field goals today, (laughs) was responsible for the most points of any member of the San Francisco 49ers. (laughs) Sorry, I'm I'm not laughing because it's funny.
1: (laughs) Time stops for no one except for Robbie Gold, 40 years old, and he's drilling 50 yard field goals in the playoffs like it's nothing.
0: Yeah. And he was knocking them home from 55 in pregame, despite the winds being a lot more rough than they were during the game. And I think his postseason consecutive kicks are field goals made are at 29. They're they're around 30. I'm not sure if it's above or below, but uh, he has been good as gold. I mean, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic in the postseason. So he gets a shout-out. Uh, but my game ball has got to go to a member of the defense, and it's got to go to the guy who led the charge, in my opinion, the majority of the night, and that's Fred Warner. Uh, he's been the leader of this team the entire season on defense, nine tackles to lead everyone. He obviously had the interception off the the tip play by Jimmy Ward. He had a tackle for loss, and he made what I thought was one of the bigger plays of the game when, when Dallas in the second half – was driving down the field. They hit CeeDee Lamb for the 41-yarder up the sideline, which turned out to be the biggest offensive play of the game for either side. And then they go right back to Lamb on a third down later in that drive. Fred Warner is the one covering him up the middle and does a great job of not putting his hands on him. The ball falls a little bit short. I know Dak Prescott wasn't great today, but I thought it was a decent throw. Fred Warner puts himself between that football, which would have put Dallas on the edge of the goal line and he was everywhere i mean there was a play in which he you know, kind of split the lineman in the first half and just Drove through the middle. That was his tackle for loss. Uh, But Dallas felt his presence all over the football field. And I think he was the symbol of physicality today in the game. That was the reason you won the football game, in my opinion. Your defense first. Fred Warner led the charge. And that's why I think they got the win. So he gets my game ball.
1: Yeah, that play you're talking about where he was guarding C.D. Lamb down the middle when he forced the incompletion. Also credit him because he got his head around at the last second. They might have called DPI if he didn't. So a heady play by a linebacker, a play that not many defensive backs make, but a linebacker made it. Um, and, you know, if you were to go through every linebacker, Evan, in the NFL that could stick with C.D. Lamb and then get his head around and force an incompletion on a play and on a throw like that, the only one that could do it, I think, is is Fred Warner. There's no other linebacker in the NFL who can do what he did on that play. And then you mentioned that tackle for loss where he split through the offensive line and kind of a spear tackle of Tony Pollard with his hand as he's falling down to the ground. He -hmm. he can beat you in so many different ways. So good pick. Fred Warren is yeah, certainly I, deserving of a game
0: ball. I know we're talking about the best ofs across this episode. I don't know if he's the best middle linebacker in the league. He is damn close. If you want to make a case for someone else, I'll hear you out. But he's absolutely the most versatile linebacker that I've seen in the NFL this year. And maybe that makes him the best. Maybe it doesn't. But he is high on that list because of everything that you just mentioned. So definitely shout-out to uh, to Fred Warren, also a great leader for this football team. Uh, but that's all the time we got, Mark, here in this episode of the 415 415- podcast i appreciate you man and i'm looking forward to wednesday we got a lot to talk about conference championship week
1: we got an awful lot to get into evan should <laughs> be a really fun week wednesday we'll uh, dive more into the matchup what it means and then of course on friday we'll break down every angle of this game get you ready for sunday in philadelphia noon kickoff out here on the west coast three o'clock in philadelphia it is the first game of championship week uh the rematch from last year kansas city cincinnati is the prime time game so we'll know whether the Niners are in the Super Bowl and you'll be watching your future opponent potentially uh, coming up on Sunday. But it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it, Evan.
0: Yeah, no doubt. 49ers beat the Cowboys here at Levi's Stadium, nineteen twelve. Uh, for Mark, I'll be signing out for Levi's Stadium. Looking forward to Wednesday's episode and Friday's episode. One more week of football, at least for the 49ers. We hope that it's a couple more, uh, but this was certainly a fun one here today as they beat the Cowboys to move on to the title game. So that does it all for the 415ers here. Appreciate you tuning in to the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next time.